Church, you may be seated. Uh, church, are you, are you thankful for the unfailing love of Jesus this morning? Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Are you going to give me something this morning like has God been good to you? Yeah, we got to liven up. Second service. God's good. My name is Luke, one of the pastors here in Holland Chapel. We're just so grateful that you're with us this morning. If you were with us last week, um, you, you, you saw some incredible things. And I, I, like, I like to celebrate. Church, do you like to celebrate things in your life? Do you like to celebrate? Yeah. Last week was a week worth celebrating. We had, we had 14 baptisms here last week. Church, is that not wonderful? 14. It's awesome. And we had over 800 souls on campus. Amen? Isn't that awesome? God is up to something, and I'm here for it. Are you, are you here for it? God is good. In, in kids' ministry alone, they were just a few shy away from like an Easter record on a regular Sunday. Like good things, good things are happening. But if you are here last week, we, we started our sermon series called God's Design. And the title of last week was God's Design for Humanity. And in that, we, we discovered, we discussed that we were created in the image of God. In the image of God, He created them male and female. And God created us to reflect His glory. And we, we spent the better part of the message talking about our responsibility to reflect the glory of God. And we asked that question towards the end. Is my life, is my life reflecting the glory of God. I was created for a purpose. His design for my life was to reflect the glory of God. Am I doing that? I pray that you wrestled with that question all week and asked God to help you reflect His glory. The title for uh, today, um, we've got a lot of setup before we actually get to the, the main point, but the, the title for today is God's Design for Men. God's Design for Men. And all the guys in the room said, awesome. So glad that I showed up today. It's going to be good, guys. It's going to be all right. Don't worry. But before we get there, we've got, we've got, to, set up, we've got to set up some stuff. We've got to establish truth. If you got your Bibles this morning, whether it be on your iPhone or a hard copy, there's one under the seat. You may use that. It's probably right there around you somewhere. If you got a Bible, I want you to hold it up in the air for me. Can everybody hold up the Word of God this morning? Thank you. Do you believe the Word of God? I need more of an audible response from you. Do you believe in the Word of God? Okay. That sounds good. It's easy to say. I'm going to rephrase it. Do you believe in every word of the Word of God? Yes. All right. Now, here's the conversation we got to have. I, uh, when I read it, when I study it, vulnerable moment, you with me? Uh, there, are, there are more times than not, like when I read it, I don't like what it says. Anybody with me? Like, man, it just hurts. Like, like, it's a scalpel. Like, it goes to my heart, and it starts to cut and carve, and it, it hurts. It stings. Like, not everything in here I like. Like, some things are great. The coffee cup verse, like, go have a great day. Woo! Like, it's all good. But a lot of it, a lot of it hurts. A lot of it hurts. 
And, and, and if we're all going to agree, like if we've claimed Jesus, like if we're following him, like Jesus has, has changed us, he's saved us, like he's redeemed us, we, we've, we've got to believe in every single word found in this book, whether we like it or not. You with me? With me so far? All right, well, this morning, before we, before we, before we talk to men specifically, we, we, need, to, we need to establish the, the, the truth, the facts, that God created men and God created women. You with me? Like, no, are you with me? I may ask that a lot this morning. God created them. Man and woman. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. We read it last week. We're going we're gonna to read it again. We're going to hone in on verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I'm so thankful that God so long ago saw it fit to put that in the Word. Be thankful for that. Mike, this phrase that God created men different than women. And God created women different than men. And that is okay. That's God's design. That's how he established it. That's how he created it. And that is how it is per the word of God. But here's what's happening in our culture. If you remember back to last week when we were talking about the Imago Dei, that we're created in the image of God, that what Satan wants to do is he wants to distort God's design, God's original intent for humanity, God's original intent for everything. Like Satan wants to destroy it. So what we saw last week is that Satan wants to take a generation of people and make them think that human life doesn't matter. And the very same thing is happening in today's conversation with, with this topic, that Satan wants us to think that gender somehow don't matter and that they are fluid and we can just pick what we want to be. Listen to me, church. I want to handle this with sensitivity, okay? You, you, we'll say you with me again. That's going to get, an, going to get annoying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, we, we got to handle it with sensitivity this morning. God created men and God created women. Regardless of what our culture wants us to believe, what is happening is Satan is tricking a whole younger generation into thinking that, that gender doesn't matter. God creates men to be men, and God creates women to be women, and that is all right. Now, where we want to handle it with sensitivity is there are people that I really believe that may struggle with this mentally. They, they may struggle. And our duty as those that claim Jesus is to help them. Is to point them in the right direction, to, to get them the help that they may need. But here is what we are not to do as Christians. Here's what we are not to do as people that believe the Word of God. We don't bow to what the culture says. We don't do it. We don't do it. We take what the Word of God says, and we, we plant our feet on it. And, and we believe what God says, that there are two genders, male and female. And what he's done by design is created them each perfectly for a purpose. 
And this morning, in particular, we're going to talk about men. That's our focus for today. But before we get there, I, I, want, us, I want us to really talk about the, the differences just for a second. There's going to be a quote on the screen. It's talking about men and women. We are different by design. If you're married, you know this, right? Like, we are different by design. And this is what Joe Rigney says. He says, our differences are not merely differences from each other, but are actually differences for each other. Listen, we are different by design. All the married people said, amen. Like, there are days guys can relate. All I do that's wrong is just breathe in air. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, God messed up today. Don't know what I did. Like, we're different from our psychology, from our emotions to, to everything about us. Men are different than women, and women are different than men. And that's all right. That's how God created it. And, and how he created it in such a way is that men complement women. And women complement men. It goes all the way back to the garden. When God created Adam, he pulled Eve from his side to complement him and vice versa. Like there is a design to what God has established. He's established male and female if you don't believe me, just read way more than Genesis. Go to Song of Solomon. You ever read that book of the Bible? Anybody? It's going to make you blush. Like, go, go to the New Testament. Go to Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians. Like, whenever men and women, listen to me, whenever men and women are brought into the same scope of Scripture, God gives different instructions for men than He does women. Why? Because they're different. They're different. Men and women are different. And that's not a bad thing. That is a good thing. So this morning, we're going to talk about men. I want you to write this down. When men and women settle into the roles God has placed for them, they flourish. Let me break this down. When men step into the God-given responsibility and role that God gives men, Men flourish, and those around him flourish. When a woman steps into her role that God has created by design for her, listen to me, she flourishes. And those around her flourish. We're created differently. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 25. We're going to start to see the roles established we're going to talk about it just for a moment. Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 25. It says, The Lord God placed the man, Adam, in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. That's a really important one. Highlight that. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you're sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be Alone, I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But there was still no helper just right for him. I know golden retrievers are great, but they just would not do. You with me? So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. 
While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. The Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, he exclaimed, like, guys, are you with me? Like, at last, can you imagine that moment? I don't know how long he was kicking it in the garden by himself, but at this moment, the woman appeared, and he was like, this is good. Like, this is a good thing. Thank you, Lord, Woo for woman. This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So lots was stated here in this particular passage of Scripture where we start to see these roles defined. But, but here's the main takeaway that I want us to get this morning, specifically for the men, is what we see in this passage of Scripture goes all the way back to the first verse we read, that what God does after He uh, creates Adam, after He creates man, is that He sends him out into the garden to tend and watch over it. So it's this thought, it's this process of male headship. That from the very beginning, before Eve was created, before sin entered the earth, he says, I've created this garden for you. Now, Adam, go out and tend and watch over it. So there is a responsibility for man. This starts to elevate man's responsibility that we were created for a purpose, to go out and to tend and to watch over all that God has created. We're different. We see this responsibility elevate for man, all the way to the very beginning of the word in Genesis. Tend and watch over it. Men, we have a tremendous responsibility. I believe that our culture is in the state that it is because men have fallen down on their responsibility as men. We've neglected a tremendous responsibility that was established in the garden. We're failing. Now this morning, men, I'm going to speak to you. And here's what I want to do. I want to speak to you as I like to be spoken to. A little bit of grace and a little bit of truth. We're, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to say some hard things. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to have to be called up to what God has asked us to do. But here's also, ladies, what I, what I want from you. If you're a wife in this place right now and you're like, yes, like I've been waiting on the Sunday. Listen, wives, this is not the day where you get that elbow out and get it nice and sharp and just ready to dig into a side. Like that's not today. Now, some of you want to. Don't say anything right now. Please save it for the ride home. Like this, this is not, this is not the, the message for that. And remember, ladies, next week's for you. I'm going to be talking to you. This is not the message. Listen to me, ladies in the room. Your husbands, they need your support. They need your prayers. They need your help. Remember, pull from the side to compliment him, to help him. This is, this is for men this morning, young and old. We're, we're not talking specifically to married men today because I believe all men have a responsibility whether or not you're married this is for uh, the single ladies in the room to show you what a biblical man should look like so you will stop dating boys. Are you with me? Stop it. This is for everyone. But specifically men, we're, we're going to look and see what God has for us, what God has designed for 
men? What does a gospel man look like? What is God's design for your life as a man? We're going to read two different passages of Scripture. I want you to go to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 2. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 16. We're going to look at 13 and 14. That's in the ESV. We're going to read from the ESV in that one. These particular passages, they they complement one another. And you'll see that when we read them. Titus chapter 2, verse 2 reads this. It says, teach the older men to exercise self-control. To be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. The Corinthian passage, chapter 16, 13, 14, reads this. It says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. You see how these two passages complement one another. These two passages of Scripture are directed towards men. So men in the room, before we get rolling with point number one, once you look at me, men in the room, this is for you. We've got a tremendous responsibility that God has called us to. Let's look and see what Scripture would have for us. The first thing that I want you to write down is that godly men are mature in their actions. Godly men are mature in their actions. We get this thought by compiling both of these passages of Scripture, this be watchful mindset, this exercise self-control mindset. It's this thought. Verse 13 says, be watchful. Translates, determined effort and wakefulness. What God is telling the men, the men in this room this morning, is to wake up. Do not fall asleep. Now here's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about physically. We need sleep. But what God is saying to men, godly men, those that are going to fulfill their role as men, is saying, hey, you can't go to sleep. You, you can't go to sleep on your spiritual life. You cannot go to sleep on your responsibilities as a man. You cannot go to sleep on your responsibilities as a husband. You can't go to sleep on your responsibilities as a father. What Scripture is saying right here is wake up. Like be watchful, this determined effort to play the role of man. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to wake up, guys, and listen to me. I know grace, truth, men in the room, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to have a little grit about us, to take seriously the things that God has called us to. Now, it's easy to say, like, put down boyish things. Because I think men, if we're, if we're honest, too many, too many men can't get rid of the boyish things. Boyish things distract us. I think we've got too many men more concerned with playing Call of Duty than their Call of Duty. You with me? Nothing against video games. When I, when I said boyish things, you know, I, I was talking this out with Ashley. She was like, well, what boyish thing are you going to put down? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Whoa, what are you talking about? I like to hunt, fish. Those things can be distracting. Grown men aren't distracted. Little boys are distracted. You don't believe me? Stand up right now, go out these doors, go down that walkway, and go into kids' ministry. You will see little boys distracted. That's what they do. They get distracted. Grown men are awake. Grown men are wakeful. Grown men have determined effort to play the role of man. We don't fall asleep on our responsibilities and duties, but here's where we're at. We've got too many men being distracted. We cannot put down boyish things. God has called us above that. Put down those distractions. Wake up. There's another side of this point that we need to talk about. When we see in Scripture where it says, act like men, that translates literally, play the role of man. We have a responsibility to care for God's woman. Do you believe that, men in the room? We have a responsibility to care for God's woman. That's for us. Uh, the, the, the story, my, my, little, my little angel, my little, my, little lady, my, my little lady, she started kindergarten a few weeks ago. And I was just a nervous wreck. Like, I want somebody to take care of her. Well, she gets to go to uh, school with her boy cousin, Levi, who's also going into kindergarten. I won't forget it. Like, we were walking in on the first day of kindergarten. I was a nervous wreck. Like, who's going to take care of her? And there he was, little five-year-old dude. And I walked up behind him like his parents were there. And I was like, hey, Levi, hey, man, I'm going to need you. Like, if anybody picks on Laney, I want you to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> just get him. I'll deal with you, mom and dad. Like, it's just a mindset of, of, of boys take care of girls, right? Like, men are to take care of God's woman. That, that's part of being mature. That's, that's part of acting like a man. Men, like, we, we take care of God's woman. Little boys hit girls. Men protect girls. That's what we do. Play the role of man. Protect them spiritually. Protect them physically. Protect them emotionally. God's men are mature. And God's men take care of God's woman. That's what we do. I, I'm, I'm so okay with that. And, and here's, here's the thing. Uh, like, I've got two little girls that I hope one day, I'm praying right now, when they're 35, they'll get married. Dad, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I just pray that right now, there is a home with a godly father and a godly mother raising up a godly young man for my daughter. I'm, I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried. They can live in my house versus marrying a dud. Like, I'm worried. Like, we've got to raise up men that are going to take care of God's woman. There's so many analogies I could use. Uh, you all remember the Tim McGraw song? Like, Johnny's daddy's taking him fishing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, don't take the girl. Like, you have anything. Don't take the girl. How about this one? Titanic. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, I'm not talking about the door scene. That's controversial. I believe there was room. I believe there was room. Press pause, look at it. There's room. The part I'm talking about is when the dude like takes the little baby and he's like, see, I got a baby. Like, let me on the boat. No, no. Women and children live. Men lay down their lives. Oh, man, listen to me. We've got a responsibility. We've got to raise up to what God has for us. Godly men are mature. Godly men are mature in their actions and they take care 
of God's woman. So men, play the role of men, wake up. We've got a responsibility. The second thing that I want you to notice is that godly men are grounded in their faith. Godly men are solid in their faith. We get that from Titus. He says, sound faith, must have sound faith. Corinthians says, stand firm in the faith. But here's where we're at, men. We can't ask one another to stand firm in a faith in which we don't have. So, men, I'm going to ask you, are you taking your faith seriously? Like, for real. Like, are you taking your faith in Jesus seriously? Are you in love with his word? Do you study it? Do you pray over it? Do you meditate on it? Do you ask God daily for you to be the man that he's called you to be? Do you take your responsibility to, to love and to cherish his word? Do you, do you take it seriously? Okay, are you growing in your faith or are you okay with mediocre? Godly men, God's man, is not okay with mediocre. It's not what he's called us to. Scripture says, stand firm in the faith. How can we stand firm on something in which we don't have? So men, take seriously your faith. If we're going to stand firm in it, we've got to know it. And sadly, if I was to poll all the married households, not just in this church, but nationwide, I'm afraid of what I might find, that I would find more women toting the male of the spiritual life of the home versus the man. And men, it's time for us to wake up and to stand firm in the faith. Remember, ladies, it's not the time for you to elbow him. It's time for you to pray for him. He's got a responsibility. I need to remind us that due to this headship, we have a tremendous responsibility. Eve sinned first, but it was upon Adam in which God placed the blame. Men have responsibility. So men, take serious your faith. Those immature in their faith will get blown around by whatever teaching. It's impossible for them to stand firm because they have no foundation. Men, stand firm. Our faith should stand the test of time. I'm not saying that men should be perfect. There's not a perfect man in this room. Let me ask you this question. Guys, I'm asking you to be a little vulnerable right now. Can you for me? Men in this room, have you had a male role model let you down? Raise your hand. Listen, guys. We got to stop letting each other down. We got to stop. I'm not saying perfect, but the trajectory of your faith should be on an upward trend. I love the words of Paul when he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. He's about to die. I finished the, uh, the race. I have kept the faith. Men, our faith should stand the test of time so that when our life is coming to completion, 
Like when, 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 it's, when, it's, when we see it coming, we, we, we can look back and say, I've kept the faith. I've kept it. I wasn't perfect. I had my good seasons. I had my down seasons. But I kept the faith. Man, that's a big challenge. Stand firm in your faith. Let your faith stand the test of time. The third thing that I want you to write down is that godly men are loving. Godly men are loving. We see at the end of these two passages that it's kind of bookended with this mindset of patience and love and let everything you do be in love, that godly men are loving. Now, you might think, okay, uh, Luke, first point, no problem. I can get behind, like, being a defender. That's great. That's easy. I can take care of God's woman. Like, yeah, I can, I can, I can answer the call to increase my faith, like grow in the likeness of Jesus. That's awesome. But be loving? What are you talking about? You, you see, for us men in the room, this, this last one, believe it or not, may be the most difficult because we really have never seen this modeled. We, 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 don't, we don't know what love is. My grandfather was in the Korean War. He was blown off a boat. Uh, he, he survived. And, and what my father always told me is that while my grandpa died of cancer, he was on his deathbed. He finally said, I love you to my father. My father lived his whole life without hearing his dad say, I love you. And what we've probably got in this room is a generation or two in, in which men have no concept of a godly man showing love. Like we, maybe you just didn't hear it. Maybe you weren't Hugged, like maybe your, your role model in your life wasn't a loving person. Like my, my grandpa was just an old war vet, like, and I can't blame him for being a little calloused, right? And, and so we've got all these men in this room that have no concept of what a godly, loving man is. But a godly man is a man that loves. Do you believe that, guys, in the room? Listen to me, guys. If you've got a wife, she needs to hear, I love you. She needs a hug. If you've got kids, oh, if you've got kids, dads, they need to hear you say, I love you. They need to hear it. When godly men are loving, they model the gospel. That's what we do. Everything we do is in love. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, King David. Remember King David? He's on his deathbed. Solomon comes to him. And he says, I've got to go where everybody goes. I'm about to die. Take courage and be a man. That's what he tells him. How, how can this King David say such words to, to model this for his family, his son? I, I think they would know all about the life that King David lived. Do you remember it? Let's do a, a refresher course real quick. I think King David was a man. Raise your hand if you think King David was just like man's man. Man's man, right? Y'all know the story? What happened? Like, man, he, he, he goes like as a little shepherd boy. Like, he's taking care of the sheep, and here comes this uh, giant that needs to be killed. And he's like, I'm your guy. And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, I, I am. I am. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a shepherd. Like, I take care of sheep. And when, when the bear comes, I, I go and I kill the bear. And when the lion comes, I go and I kill the lion. Wait, 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 wait a second. This guy killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands? Absolutely. Listen, guys, I know you work out, but you ain't done that. You have not done that. Like, we take rifles to the woods with us. Dude was like, what's up? I got my staff. Let's do nine rounds. Like, he was, he was a man. 
But what we also see about David is not only like, was he the picture of like just a man's man, he was loving. How do we know this? Like some of the greatest poetry we have in Scripture was written by him. And he played the harp. Played the harp. That's not manly at all. But he was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like he was a man's man. He was a man's man. So that when his life was over and his family was was with him and they were observing his life, the life that he had lived, yeah, he killed bears and lions with his bare hands. But he was loving. He was loving. He loved the Lord and he loved people. So men, be loving. But just like David, take care of the sheep, the weakest animal on earth. But when the lion comes, flip switch. That's God's man. God's men are loving. I know. It's probably not been modeled for you. But go to the Lord, ask him for his help. Need I remind you, if you read the story of David, he said, it was God who delivered me from the paw of the lion. It was God who delivered me from the paw of the bear. And it'll be God who delivered me from the Philistine. He knew where his strength came from. He knew where his help came from. It came from the Lord. So men, depend on God as we seek to live a life that he's designed for us. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it brings. And God, I'm, I'm so thankful that we can have just a candid conversation about manhood. I'm so thankful that we can open your word and see what it has for us men. And God, I pray for the guys in the room, young to old, anywhere in between, married, single, you name it. I pray that we would begin to fulfill our God-given responsibility as men. Help us, God. You've placed such a burden on our shoulders that we cannot accomplish on our own. It is through your strength that we can be biblical gospel men. Help us, Lord. Thank you for the perfect example that we have in Christ. And it's in his precious name we ask everything. Amen.